Michael. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the night. <laughs> oh man, oh God, that Wendigo doesn't go down so easy. Oh, welcome to the nightclub. I'm your host, TMBWD, Travis Maxwell Boone, the witch doctor on duty. And tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. And if you like different, well then, I want you to join us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Spotify, which we're on now, or visit our official website, thenightclub.fireside.fm, for other podcatchers. We have a blog there that's, well, I've been pimping this blog for a while, but it's, there's nothing there. So, uh, I gotta rectify that. I gotta remedy that. Excuse me. And direct from the void downloads and streaming. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Nightclub Podcast and reach out and touch pure fucking evil using our email, thenightclubpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Come on, motherfuckers. Give us a five-pointed pentagram rating and write up that fucking review. Send it in. If you write up a review on any podcatcher, because I don't look at all of them, send it in. I want to read it. I want I want I want your voice to be heard on this show whether you send it in through an email through through a review whatever if you hate it you like it I want to know I want to do a good show for you guys people are listening so hey man let me know if I'm doing something right or wrong and um I'm going to get serious uh for a second because you know everyone's dealing with something right now and we all have our own uh, trials and tribulations. We all have our own perspectives. We all have our own fucking cross to bear. Okay? So, with that being said, flattening the curve. Times like these should be a lesson learned by any and all who are aware and affected. No, I don't mean infected. The spread of the coronavirus is just an example of what can happen to bring the entire world to a halt from restaurants to movie theaters gun ranges to department stores I mean people are out of work it's anxiety inducing people are on their nerves people some people you know they're hanging on by a thread we're seeing clearly now just how fragile our entire system is and when faced with a global issue while being so divided, huh, the borders and the rectangular pieces of fabric, they are of little importance to the grand indifference of this universe. We aren't just experiencing this as a single town, city, or nation, but as a planet. Those imaginary lines, they can't stop what's ultimately coming. But I do hope this social distancing is like a hibernation of sorts and we use this time for our introspection and contemplation together we stand 
divided we fall. And we are indeed on a planetary scale at this point. Make no mistake about it. Embrace that idea and be thankful that this is just a drill. Because it could be a lot worse, folks. A lot worse. Now, I want to play for you my favorite speech of all time. By Dr. Carl Sagan, entitled, Pale Blue Dot. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. 
to me, that speech is like nihilism having a good day. <laughs> it's, it's basically putting you in your very small place, or at least being aware of the reality of it, but reminding you that because of that, there's no reason not to be nice to each other and be compassionate towards each other for the short time that we're here. Now before we get into the main meat of tonight, which won't be a film review, so no midnight ritual here, I want to pimp a few podcasts that recently pimped me, so I'm going to return the favor. I've been listening to Mr. Watson and Dave Z for a long time, first on both their respective shows. Mr. Watson was the host of The Horror Corridor, a show that's still going on but I think it's going to end soon unfortunately. And Dave Z, along with Brandon Orlick and Christian Luciani, Luciani, I've, I've listened to, <laughs> I've listened to Exploding Heads uh, enough that I should know the proper way to pronounce his last name, but I just kind of know these guys as B, C, and D, because that's what they call each other, so I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce the uh, last name right, don't be mad at me, but Exploding Heads fucking funny as shit, they bring the information, they bring the spontaneity, Brandon Orlick is one of the wittiest motherfuckers of all time, he's so quick, he just, you know, he just comes in with the jokes, they go back and forth, they rib each other, and that's what I love about the show, is that they, they all do this, and it, it, it's so much fun to hear them just go at each other, and, and talk about horror, and also talk about their own lives, and families, and Exploding Heads is the best, alright, you want horror, they went Patreon exclusive recently. After their 100th episode, they are officially Patreon only. And I highly, highly recommend go back, listen to their catalog, judge for yourself. And if you're a fan of horror, if you're a fan of this show, you're going to be a fucking fan of this the Exploding Heads podcast. I mean, goddamn. These guys are another level. Okay? Go to uh, patreon.com slash exploding heads. Explore the tiers. Alright? All the prices are reasonable as fuck. And you get so much. They have so many tiers. It's crazy. I have to upgrade soon because I was doing $3 a month, you know, to get the audio and the video advancement. But I gotta support these guys more. Like, I love their show. So, TMB's here for you. All day. And, uh, <laughs> Dave and, and, and Watson, they, they call me T, T, TMB on their shows. So, I like that. That's cool. And and that leads me to say that I just drew something up for um, Watson and Dave Z's podcast, the Watt Z Horror Show Party, or uh, excuse me, the Watt Z Party Horror Show. They they chose my artwork for their official artwork. My my, I'm so honored and like blown away because <laughs> I just I okay. So I love the Watt. <laughs> So I love the the the, the Wadzi party horror show. I gotta get the name right, and I, I just wanted to send them something from a fan. Like you know, I've I've talked to to uh, Mr. Watson, and I, I've had uh, social media interactions with Dave Z. I love these guys, and so I drew something up for them. And when they got it, they were they decided to make it their official artwork for the show. You know, you're a fan of something and you just reach out and the creators of the thing you're a fan of, 
not only talk back to you, but respond to the things that you're making for them. And then they, they're like, I don't know, man, I'm blown away. And I'm, I'm so happy that they like it and that they like it enough that they're like, we're going to run with this. This is the, the show art right now. I'm like, fucking A, man. So Mr. Watson's son, he, he edited it and got it looking really good for being in a podcast catcher or like a, you know, when you, when you scroll through your stream and you can, I'm going to download the next episode. The artwork's going to look cool. Good job, Skylar. Uh, if I'm allowed to say that, I hope so. Um, they, they, Dave, well, I guess I am. I mean, they had their own kids on the, on their show. Dave and, and Watson had their kids, uh, co help, help, uh, co-host a segment on one of the Watsy party horror shows. And it's some of the best shit ever. I mean, I love hearing that man passing on horror to the next generation. Like that's what it's all about. You know, if you like this show, go check out exploding heads, check out the Watsy party. They're using my artwork as their fucking official artwork on online like that's cool man like i'm i'm still blown away i'll never stop being blown away thanks guys i'm glad you guys like it but that also leads me to the next part of this show because uh i've been on the road i've been working i haven't had time to to do a lot uh at the moment because i have a few things uh in motion but 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 i'm not quite there yet so what i wanted to do tonight was this is this is exclusively for Dave Z. Not completely. I want everyone to enjoy this. I hope everyone enjoys this who's listening. But Dave, I wrote a original, an, an original uh, short story. So it's a short, short story. It's not 20 minutes long. I don't think it'll be. But uh, this is a one-off original. Like a, Consider it, well, a little background to it. I've had this idea for a few years, and it's like some ideas that some people have. It's just an outline, and you don't have it fleshed out quite yet. Well, I decided, okay, I'm going to write this short story and, and, and see what happens with it. And I can already expand on it, but this is the seed being planted. So anyone out there, I gave you the email address earlier. You can contact me on Facebook. You can, you can always hit me up on Instagram through DMs, through comments, I respond to everything. Tonight, there is no midnight ritual. Let us light the black candle and share a fable. sworn. Darius had awakened from his dream, an inkling of it still lingering, channeled from the ether to his childhood room. Not much had changed from six years ago when he had left for college. The same sports posters hung on the walls. His desk was mostly a clutter, as if he were cramming to finish some high school book report. 
Even the dust floated through the sunbeams like a pattern, and looking out from his window sill, the world seemed still. Maybe it was stuck, like he was. In a rut and waiting for a break in the molasses of life. Something was different though. Something uncertain. Something like a tone too low to hear, but is ever present. The quiet hum of impending danger. The walls are red. Something wasn't the same. The dream was a nightmare. Darius fought through the fog and found an image, a passing thing, but not a passive thing. It struck him like a cold wave rushing over him, and he caught his breath in a gasp. Between the current world and the scene from his dream, the air clung on and smelled of coffee and cinnamon. His mother busy with the morning's routine. It jarred his senses, but he remained frozen. He could smell bacon now. Little roasted bits of sweet, sweet meat. It keeps the saliva flowing. As he stood in his room salivating, the nightmare returned with warm blood running over a face in complete agony, teeth clenched to cracking and stained red. It struck him more like deja vu this time, except there was no pain here in his room, no pleading eyes praying for mercy while also staring into the inevitable the infinite outer dark that awaits patiently, then ferociously consumes everything. He could taste blood. His mother called out to him at first as a beckon, and then as an aggravated demand. The stream was cut off, the vestiges of the bloody nightmare vanished, and he broke the threshold. From his room he joined his parents in the kitchen. He was questioned for sleeping in and scolded for leaving the dog outside all night. Darius blankly apologized, but as he sat at the table, he had to take pause. Of the night before, he could recall watching television in the den and making himself a midnight snack before turning off the lights and going to bed. No dog. Now his father snapped at him, accusing him of daydreaming his way through life. Darius was taken aback by how agitated his parents were, yet made no attempt to defend himself. He was seeing it bleed through very slowly. Things are different here, he thought. Something is wrong here. There wasn't a dog last night, and the walls were blue. Although Darius was meant to do something today, he couldn't remember what. The sudden aggression from his parents was so startling, not to mention his off-putting surroundings, that he could barely get a grip. His father slammed his fist down on the table, plates and utensils rattling. Through gritted teeth came not a request, nor a question, but a threat. The words were muffled, but he heard, cut you up. Bleeding through again, a handmade hatchet swung wide open and with the cruelest intent. It made contact and tore the flesh from bone. It tore open a river. It tore through the sensory and caught fire in pieces of something forged in the sun. Now it was a true moment of deja vu. 
for Darius' mother had lunged over the counter with a kitchen knife and sliced deep into his neck. Here now pours crimson, and the ritual begins. Darius fell backwards out of his chair, clenching his throat in a panic. His father flipped the table over, glass shattering and scattering across the floor. Another swing from his mother and a new slice through Darius's leg. His father grabbed him and lifted him up, holding him close, squeezing, and crimson red spilled into the room, covering them freely and fully. Their eyes had gone wild. His parents had gone mad. The world was different and darker, and his family was trying to kill him. There was never a dog, and the walls were definitely blue. What had changed here is malicious, and it demands blood. Mother stabbed her son in the side. Darius screamed, and his father bit into his own son's face. While this was happening at a breakneck pace, for Darius in his mind time had slowed down, and the terror of this action, more so than the blood-soaked visions or the knife in his side, awoke a flight response to be reckoned with. He kicked outward and managed to knock his mother down. Then using all of his strength, he pushed his father into the wall. He broke loose and made way for the door. Darius's father gave chase but slipped in the blood and fell on bits and shards of glass. The next threshold was broken. The front door of their house flew open and Darius stumbled out, tripping and falling down the four front steps and into the yard. He scrambled to his feet but stopped dead in his tracks. The neighbors were out and vehicles were pulling up from down the street. Every one of them looking directly at Darius, their saliva flowing. All of these faces were familiar and all of their eyes were wild. The haze of this world and the nightmare returned to Darius again. He remembered Amaru. He remembered Nita. He was so close to them. He remembered his tribe and their wild eyes. This nightmare rides on. The people of this world were coming toward him, eager and drooling. Several of them had pocket knives. One a screwdriver, another had a hammer, and his father emerged from their home with a rope. No amount of fury or scurry would save him from this. It had come, just as it always comes. just as his tribe had came, just as his crew aboard the old wooden ship had came, and as the members of Parliament had came. In each memory that came flooding back, there was one truth, one certainty. This had happened before, and would happen again. He fell through the framework and into the slipstream while his parents, neighbors, and those familiar strangers were swarming him. He was stuck and pierced before being gnawed, a cornucopia of flesh, devoured by the far-gone savages masquerading as people in the modern world. This time was thought of as modern, but contemporary is only context. Time was moving water set in stone, and Darius understood this now. He understood it as Tamaya, on the high plains being eaten by his tribe and as captain on the seven seas, being eaten by his crew that mutinied. He understood it while being eaten alive by the suits and ties, moments after proposal to his peers in the governing body. It was blood all the way down, 
and each reality was poisoned with this flesh-eating virus. Darius's fate was stuck on repeat, and his temporal experience but a skipping record. Each echo from the past was a summary of countless killings, with subtle elements warping and changing each time, and each time he remembered, she remembered, every iteration remembered that this is how it goes. And then, right before the end, they remembered that they forget. They were spooling his intestines on an iron spit next to a fire lit and had commenced with cooking some of his organs. This world narrowed in his vision, and darkness crept in from all corners until it consumed the center. He heard the flames whipping and the gnashing of teeth. The metallic taste and smell of his own blood assaulted his fading senses. His sight was gone, but he experienced hell in that darkness. The pain of the present and all the deja vus compounded and magnified until it climaxed. And then there was a brief respite. No pain. Nothing but a dream. The walls were red. At least she could have sworn. Willa had awakened from her dream. that story I entitled Blood All the Way Down, sort of like Turtles All the Way Down. Darius or Tamaya or whoever he happens to be or she happens to be is someone who's falling through the different multiverses and each multiverse, each universe in the multiverse rather, has some sort of flesh-eating virus, or at least that's the simplest way to put it. But also each time this soul slips through to another dimension it happens faster and faster so to me in this version of the story we're seeing one of the uh, later results of, of or one of the later versions of what's happening to this this soul and it's it's at a breakneck pace from basically the beginning i mean short of having his family wake him up by eating his ribs while he's sleeping or some shit like that and that's the idea of the story, is that each world this character goes into just slowly rots, becomes dark, and everyone starts fucking eating them. Maybe even eating each other. I don't know, like I said, I could expand on it, but... A little original short story. Like I said, I gave you the email and all that shit. If you like that kind of stuff, write in and let me know. I want to know. Because I can do more. I enjoy writing these little things. Uh, it's fun. Good exercise, too, for someone who hasn't written in a long time. I used to write uh, short horror stories when I was in high school. I had a binder, and I still do have a binder, but I had a binder full of uh, some short horror stories that I wrote, heavily influenced by horror films that I was getting into, and also growing up reading R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. So if any of you guys are ever interested in hearing those old stories, and I still have them in their original written form, 
I could read those or rewrite them. And uh, I think that would be fun. I'm also considering doing some book reviews because I have a few. I purchased some from some Instagram people I pimped out a while back. And uh, I've yet to dive into any of those because I've been so busy with work. And I've been so busy with the podcast. And obviously when I'm home for a week or a little bit more if I'm lucky, I'm with the family. So I try to stay away from these extracurricular things I like to do. Even with that being said, if you listeners have any suggestions of any type of thing you'd like me to talk about or the coven to talk about, again, you know where to find me. Shoot me a message. As far as the next episode or next few, I do want to keep with the uh, solo practitioner cryptid theme. Kind of digging that. So I'm going to figure out something fun and interesting to talk about. Maybe tie it into a film, a midnight ritual. Or uh, maybe some more short stories based on the the cryptid itself because, you know, my short story is somewhat inspired by the spirit of the Wendigo. I mean, people are driven wild and they're eating flesh. It's not quite the same, but it's based on that legend and also, you know, a little science fiction-y with the whole falling through dimensions thing. Or maybe that's metaphysical. I don't know. I, I, I like to think of it as a phrase I've used a few times now, cosmic cannibalism. And that's basically what that story is. Because for some reason, I mean, cosmic horror, the idea of the indifference of the universe, that frightens me to no end if I really get lost in it and think about it. And think about just the scale of what's out there. What we really, (laughs) what we're dealing with here, what we're floating through, flying through at insane speeds. Also that, like that versus, or not versus, but along with, the idea of cannibalism and that things eat things most life is taken by other life eating it with its fucking face that concept has always freaked me out as well so to combine the two in a way i i you know that's what this short story was striving towards and hopefully uh one day i can make a a longer like a novella type thing out of it because i think the idea is really cool i think it worked really well for a film or maybe even a, a series netflix if you're listening, <laughs> hit me up or shudder. This would be more horror-based, so shudder. I'd like to work with you. Hit me up, anyone out there who's listening that works for shudder. <laughs> and this was for Dave Z. I wanted to give him something original. Original to listen to. Thank you, Mr. Dave Z and Mr. Watson, for pimping me so many times uh, on your show. It's, it's an honor that you're using my artwork. If you're hearing this, thank you so much. I appreciate the hard work and effort you guys put into both of your shows, and it pays the fuck off. Every time there's a new party invitation, meaning I can download a new episode of the Watt Z Party Horror Show, or now, I'm, I mean, I'm a full-fledged member of the Patreon for Exploding Heads, and that's where they're at, so I can't wait to see what the first episode of the Patreon-exclusive podcast, the Exploding Heads Horror Show, is going to do can't wait man fucking exciting times especially if you're a horror fan but to get back on track coven episodes we have a few ideas angel wants to do something about marie laveau so voodoo is gonna come to you and in keeping in some of the spirit of uh where i kind of want to go with the show for a brief period of time including a special guest who's going to show up that I'm currently working on the road with. 
uh, we're going to do some Louisiana-based stuff because, well, I'm a Cajun and my co-hosts, we're all Cajuns, so we need to go there. We need to explore our, you know, our roots, where we're from, what makes it special, what makes it dark and spooky to live in the deep south. That includes voodoo. That includes the Rougarou, the Fifole, plantation hauntings like the Myrtles, and a few local legends that are not popular outside of my area. I'm subscribed to a lot of different podcasts that cover similar topics, and uh, there's a few legends they don't know because they're just not that local, and the stories don't really get out of the area that, that they're in. So we're talking, <laughs> we're talking Bieber Road, Baby Graveyards, we're talking Three Bridges outside of Eunice in Patasa. I mean, look, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go deep, or at least as deep as I can, uh, in a little bit of Louisiana lore uh, when it comes to the dark side. Jaja boo, I'm looking at you. That's gonna be a topic right there. So I want to thank all the listeners for their patience and how I'm getting these episodes out. My responsibilities at work are growing every day, and I'm about to. I'm about to take on a foreman's position at my new job, so I'm uh, going to have to see how that works out with the podcast. Um, I'm going to preemptively state this. This might become a once-a-month show, depending on how well I can manage juggling all of these things. But if it becomes a once-a-month show, I promise you this. It's going to be more than 40 to 50 minutes or whatever. And it's going to be jam-packed, and it's going to be high production quality. I'll take extra time with those, if that's what it comes to. I'm still trying to do a good job for you guys bi-monthly, or bi-weekly, whatever that expression is. And once again, thanks to Mr. Watson and Dave Z. You guys are fucking inspirations, and I'm glad to be part of this horror community online, and talk to so many people from Horrorphilia and other pod- podcasters out there who do horror shows, and even not horror shows, no matter what it is, I'm, I'm really happy to be able to talk to people that have the same sort of passion that I do, like I said earlier, amazing times, even in these fucked up, twisted times, <laughs> quarantine and all that shit, well, let's not focus on that part, I am here to hopefully spread some spooky vibes, but I don't want no one hurting out there. Y'all take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Stay spooky. And stay safe, bitches. (laughs) 